on maynard.com.au. AU! Happy 50th. Happy 50th. Happy 50th. Happy 50th. Bunga bunga. Bunga bunga. To suggest, as some sometimes do, that little has changed. Now, was there any feeling that you were doing something different, something that would become of iconic legend status? This is going to be so special that 50... I, I think it is in the realms of impossibility. That 50... Right. Now, I mean, I've read a lot of gobbledygook. I've read a lot of psychobabble. Why do you think, sir, it was successful? This 50th seeks to explain what is really inexplicable. It's all inexplicable, total mystery, and that is, I think, the appeal. And as you have seen it develop, are you content with the development? <laughs> uh, it is uh, an enormous franchise. They have an audience. There is an audience. With that in mind, and would you have enjoyed it? That's for somebody else, not me. It takes a special mind and a special person. Starting right now. Right? Right now. Now. Yes, it's Bunga Bunga 50 with Tim Ferguson. And Maynard. When was the last time you did something 50 times? When's the last time you did something 49 times? When I was with Maynard and Tim Ferguson and we were making Bunga Bunga. The special Bunga Bunga show. 50 shows. 50. I can't believe that, Tim. It's too many. It's probably too many. We may have well have broken the Bunga Bunga, if you know what I mean. And if you don't know what Bunga Bunga is, it's too late because we've done 50 shows. We're away. We've gone. We've lost. We've dug under the fence and ran away. You can look it up at maynard.com.au and if you can't find that, well, then it's because you can't make machines work at all. We're coming to you live from Tim Ferguson's Castle of Kerfuffle. There are some who call me... Tim? The Castle of Kerfuffle, and as you can see, I've kept the place dusty just for you, Maynard. Kittler's guarding the door. He's not letting any left-wing thoughts in. Kittler, the cat, of course, he pretends he's sleeping. He's pretending he's passed out from sheer disinterest. But we know what's going on. Bunga Bunga News. that great Australian anthem. Oh, yeah. It's a great way to praise our country, but also make everybody want to think of some other place to go. I actually asked on Facebook about the lyric, far beyond the kangaroo, Australia gave us the BGs too. It was far beyond, far beyond the kangaroo. Because, because as you look at the clip, he's putting his hand to his forward like he's looking far beyond. Yes, yeah. So my suggestion of Fabio and the kangaroo, <laughs> which would have been good, wasn't quite accurate. So there you go, far beyond. Now we can all get some sleep.
I'm doing New Year's Eve at Juniors Club 2 as well. I got a New Year's Eve gig. Fantastic. bagpipes last year. Bagpipes. This is better than bagpipes. Let's not kid ourselves. Is there nothing you cannot do? And what about news for you, Tim? Of course, you had the tick-fucking-tock special, the Doug Anthony's, that just ruled this country's airwaves there for two weeks. That all went very well. And, I mean, look, if you did see it, don't worry. I know they played all the sad music. Whenever they talked about me having MS, otherwise known as multiple sclerosis, but don't worry. If it was a real problem, then I wouldn't be able to do all the shit I'm doing in the documentary. Flying around the world, going to different countries, turning fringes and festivals upside down, making movies, doing all the teaching, writing the books and doing art exhibitions. So just sit back and say, actually, I think it might be just a little bit overdramatic. There were bits of it that upset me. When you're trying to sell a doco, it's a bit easy to sell a doco with that sort of thing in it, isn't it, Tim? Well, I always say to my colleagues, and I know it's a little bit politically, oh, bugger, I'll just say it. Disability, if you're trying to sell stuff, it's better than pretty well anything. These days, disability is hot. Being gay, being short, having a little tiny moustache under your nose, those things used to work in terms of getting your way. But these days, people are now aware that disabilities are a thing. They're everywhere and people who have them can get shit done. Go for it! So I think it's worth, if you've got a disability of some kind, remembering all all the other things that you can do and telling people there's only one thing wrong with me. Yeah. It's like a blind person can answer the phone. A deaf person can (laughs) point at stuff, do the diagrams, do computer work, do whatever that needs to be done in your workplace. Just because someone has one thing that doesn't work doesn't mean that the whole machine is broken. People with cerebral palsy can think perfectly fine it's just that their body doesn't obey their orders so you know i think it's important in that regard to play the sad music but otherwise people have said oh my god are you okay and i'm perfectly fine i'm just amazed that we made 50 there it was just a joke that we had one afternoon while we're doing a christmas special that's how it all started So just imagine the credits rolling now. Tim and Maynard will return in Bunga Bunga. (laughs) Bunga Bunga. We were just fooling around, Your Honour. We we didn't know what was happening. Well, they say God is watching, but sometimes you have to think, (laughs) I hope he's not watching this. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. Man, do we have crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Hang on, Tim. Tim, that horse issue has plagued us for the entire run of this show. And now we know, because we've looked into it, may know. What is that noise? It is a horse pissing, but the real issue is what is the horse pissing into? I've received so many messages, so many people have asked. I think, personally, it's a Princess Diana coffee cup. Damn it. That's it. Fucking That's hell. getting that under the horse. I've got to say there was a bit of spillage, but it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> Let's have a listen to an ex racehorse pissing into a Princess Die coffee cup after a huge night out. Tonight we have some good news to celebrate. 
You might be thinking, how do you get a horse to have a pee? Really, you can't. Well, I'll tell you, it's a vet trick that I was taught as a young whippersnapper. The vet said, all you have to do around horses, if you want to make them take a leak, is whistle. Just really high and annoying. Do that. In a couple of minutes, the horse will do it. And after a while... You don't have to do it for as long because the horse is now trained when they hear that sound to have a pee because it means you're about to get on the horse and ride that monster. I remember there was that very controversial issue during the 60s, whistling Jack Smith completely banned thoroughbreds from his shows. He would not have them anywhere near the place. He stopped the Kentucky Derby. There's nothing worse. He'd be right in the middle of I was Kaiser Bill's Batman. Some fucking horse had let go. Here's from the show. Well, if you want a horse to fart, it takes a bit longer, but you just sing this. Hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. I know it makes me go. <laughs> just a moment, I need some space. And got a lot of crank mail from people here. Thank you, everyone, that come to the Bunga Bunga Facebook page, which you should be a part of. Give it a go, people. Let's just have a look at this crank mail. A lot of it is congratulatory of its nature. People happy that we've done 50 shows of people who haven't probably said nothing. You're basically pretty stupid. Crank mail. Mark Eggins writes, what are your views, Tim Ferguson, on the greatest public health emergency of our time? Public urinal stage fright. Yes, it's been raised many a time, many a time by people, particularly the ones further back in the queue. And there is really no cure because you think you're going to go and then you get there and then the whole football team are there. Everybody's standing around and they're all going, go, go, go. Toga, toga. It's very difficult. There's no cure, I'm afraid. Queuing up outside a disabled toilet has similar difficulties. You do have to wait quite often, but that's mainly because bad people are in there at the nightclub disability toilet having sex. Do it outside. I'll be, I'll be yeah. guilty of that. Do it on the dance floor like grown-up people. Crank mail. Oliver Udall wants to know, if you could both be one another for a day, what would you do? What would you do if you were me, Tim, for a day? I would become a DJ because that's what Maynard does on the weekends is he DJs all around the world, turns up, you know, hits people with the music. I would be a DJ, but I would have a difference. I would do it differently from Maynard where it would be wall to wall, beginning to end, top to bottom, oils. Midnight oil, track after track. <laughs> Completely changed my career for me. Good on you there, Tim. Just for that, I'm getting a tattoo that says fuck off on my forehead if I was Tim for the day. But I would also use Tim's great brain. I'd just start writing because Tim's always writing something here. Tim metaphorically leaps out of bed in the morning and gets to work. I leap metaphorically everywhere. And today I've got to finish my fake news on the New Daily, thenewdaily.com.au. It's a free Australian newspaper. It's better than the others simply because, A, it's free, and, B, you don't have to pay anything. People go, oh, I can't do this, oh, I can't do that, and I just come over and Tim's got things going on, but fuck that, he gets his work done. So what is your excuse, listener? That's right, because I have to sit all the time. 
and every Saturday you get a new Ferguson report. Fake news you can trust. Look it up. Crank mail. Mark Dawson, who we remember was having a holiday in Austria and going to art school over there briefly, very briefly, he asks, Tim, is there anything you like about Canberra? Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Well, Queanbeyan is one of the greatest aspects. Great RSL. Canberra living is made bearable by Queanbeyan. Great RSL. Great RSL. So it's one of my favourite things about Canberra is the proximity to Queanbeyan. Suddenly the bat phone rings. And I'll be in Canberra doing one of my comedy writing masterclasses in November. Jump on the machine and find out. It'll be at the Canberra Theatre. And if you're interested in writing comedy or if you just like comedy, come on over. If you know a producer, a writer, a screenwriter, I will tell them how to do it with a minimum of fuss, without the tears, the toothache, the head banging against the wall. Comedy writing masterclass also coming to Brisbane, Sydney. It'll be on at AFTERS for about a week. Also in Perth. If you're in Perth, come on over. CheekyMonkeyComedy.com People have been saying, is there going to be any Doug Anthony gigs on the back of the special that's just been aired on ABC television across Australia? And at the moment, there's none planned at the moment, is there? Well, there's nothing planned because Paul's making his great game show, The Think Tank. Paul Livingston is lying in his coffin waiting until the sun explodes. So not just yet, but if you want to see more about the Doug Anthony All-Stars, you can see our documentary called Tick Fucking Talk on iView at the ABC. Or close your eyes and imagine. Yeah, go on, get in because the cops will come. Crank mail. Lindley Kissick wants to wish us happy 50th show. Mark O'Brien, Tony Push writes, should children be kept at school until they're ready for the army? Why keep them at school? Get them in the army straight away. What are they going? They're not going to last long. The army's a perfectly good place to go learning the things you really need to know. Trigonometry, be serious. When was the last time you used it? It's a bloody good question. And the answer is cut the school bit, get them straight into service. Crank mail. Christy Shield wants to know how would we react if suddenly President Donald Trump got all excited about the Bunga Bunga show, the way he has about Kim Jong-un. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Well, what would you do, Maynard? I don't know. I mean, I could put a couple of days in helping on the wall, but I'm a terrible brickie. Yes, we'd take the check. Just, you know, being so closely associated with him, people don't tend to stay there for long, do they? And also, we know that Trump takes his orders from Fox. If he swapped over to Bunga Bunga, that would yeah. make Crank Mail actually have a lot more clout. Have Crank Mail to us, reread it out loud, and it comes out of the White House. Think about it, people. Crank Mail. Rebecca Jones writes, it only seems like yesterday Tim was a guest talking about Nazi UFOs on the Dirty Disbelievers. Thank you, Rebecca. One of my favourite shows of all time that the ABC despised. Dirty Disbelievers. Hi, I'm Kamal. You must be a dirty disbeliever, just like me. But you're pivotal on that show. Well, it's a very important issue to me. The dirty disbelievers. Yes, the dirty disbelievers is on the air. We're taking the blue pill, the red pill, and just in case, I've taken the white pill already. There is nothing nice out of the entire Third Reich, which is why you can do anything to a Nazi in a movie. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Nazis' faces melt and children walk out of the film going, that was a great film, I thought it was really good. I like how the Nazis' faces melted. Check out that episode, The Dirty Disbelievers, Nazi UFOs So Hot Right Now. 
and they still are. Crank mail. Terry Taylor wishes a happy 50th. Eva James, she wants to know, how do you get over the worrying about having a hair in your meal? Well, it's a two-part answer. One is depends whether you've accidentally swallowed the hair, in which case call for an officer and also a lawyer. But if you see one in your soup, I think it's good just to get up, walk out, have a laugh, come back in and eat the whole thing. And also say, once you've had your meal, say... Ooh, the hair was the best bit. Crank mail. Glenn Hope wants to know, would Maynard photobomb the Pope if given a chance? Well, I suggest you look at the Star Observer photo of the Pope going down Oxford Street sometime in the 90s. And it's not me, but it's a photo of the Pope going past in the Pope Mobile and a guy very clearly holding up a one-finger sign to the Pope. Pope getting the finger in Oxford Street. It's a great photo. I wish I'd done that. Only the one finger? You learn something every day. What would be better is if the Pope was giving him the finger back. That would be the perfect photo. The Pope has people who do that for him. And everybody learns an important message at the end. (laughs) When it's pretty clear, we didn't learn anything. The thing that really annoys me is the the flagship show of the ABC used to be The Big Gig, which was a live comedy show coming out of Melbourne, celebrating weirdness and comedy, live audience that was dancing around with bands, and now it's Q-fucking-A, a show that is many years over its use-by date, is only there to pander to politicians. It's just unwatchable. And with the tweets on the bottom of the screen... We're going to tell you what's on our mind. What we really want to say is this... Fuck off. The public broadcaster seems to want a younger audience to stay relevant to people. And since the dawn of time, since we were just had sticks and rocks, there's nothing quite like live variety from people who aren't in competition, who are just doing what they do and do it well. If you want that audience, I would suggest you say, okay, it's expensive, but we're going to put Australian entertainers on the television altogether. It's not that difficult. It's worth the money and you'll get your audience. Just look at Sideshow. That was a similar kind of thing in some ways that the Paul was hosting. Again, it's a lower budget than the big gig would have been, but something like that. I don't know why they got rid of the Sideshow. It's impossible to understand. Of course it's expensive. It's television. And it's not your money, it's the taxpayer's money. And really, do they want to watch gardening and Q&A? I reckon get it out there. Come on, ABC, do what we want you to do. Put people on television who should not be allowed on television. That way you're going to get something that maybe people have never seen before. Sure, there's going to be people who won't like it, but there's going to be people who go, hang on a minute, this is good. And bottom line, everybody's going to talk about it. Which is the All-Stars rationale from the beginning was we don't really mind that we're going to tread on toes because it's inevitable. Even if you just say, everybody, drink more water, you know, we're in a drought. You're going to upset farmers. It's important to be talked about. We thought we'll just do stuff where people can't ignore it. They have to come in and say, I had to watch that thing last night because the Doug Anthonys were singing Viva Las Vegas and <laughs> committing Hurry Curry on live television for no reason. Thank you, everyone that's wished us happy 50th. And that wraps up Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Tim, I was going to ask you about something. I've got a, a VHS tape at home that was given to me of some stuff from the ABC archives. And in the 70s, there was an all-Indigenous comedy group making some sketch stuff. And one of the characters, it's an all-Indigenous cast, was called Superbung. 
What would happen is he would be working at the public service and he'd hear someone saying something anti-feminist or racist and he'd go to and change into a super bung outfit, still wearing the glasses, and go into the pub and give someone a, a social justice warrior lecture and dart out again and they'd say, who was that? It was very strange. Have you heard of this? To me, it's right, really out there. That's right out there. And of yeah. course, even back then, it would have been regarded as totally politically incorrect yeah. if, if it weren't for the cast members who could say, no, we're only taking the mickey out of ourselves. Wow, try getting that over the line. It's Super Bong, strange visitor from a northern tribe who came to the city possessing powers far beyond those curries, faster than a killer boomerang, and able to leap over tall gum trees in a single bound. Superbong uses his secret identity as mild-mannered Aboriginal ex-boxing champion Lionel Mouse to fight a never-ending battle against racism wherever it may be found. Hi, guys. Seen any racism around? I'm all set to apply my brilliant intellectual qualities to defend you against racism, intolerance, and prejudice. Is there anything I could do for you? Yeah. Rack off. Okay, then. Let racists beware. Beloved by his people, Superbong is ever vigilant. Wherever you find oppression, injustice and big headlines, there you'll find Superbong. In the world safe for liberalism, paternalism and the Australian Labour Party. Some wonderful artefacts here in the castle of Kerfuffle. You've got some huge posters. You've got a very early Life of Brian poster. Yeah, it's Brian caught starkers when the crowd looks up at him. I found it on the street in St Kilda one day and I just thought somebody doesn't know gold when they see it. I know you think The Golden Girls is getting close to the best sitcom. What do you think is the almost perfect comedy movie? Would Life of Brian be getting pretty close to it? Life of Brian is right up there. Hail Messiah! I'm not the Messiah! I say you are Lord and I should know I've followed a few. Hail Messiah! I'm not the Messiah! Will you please listen? I am not the Messiah! Do you understand? Honestly! Only the true Messiah denies his divinity! Well, what sort of chance does that give me? All right, I am the Messiah! Now, fuck off! How shall we fuck off, O oh Lord? This is the Messiah, the Chosen One! But also, Dumb and Dumber, perhaps one of the greatest American comedies. I mean, you've got the Neil Simon ones from early on, and The Apartment is an excellent one, and one of the few films to ever win an Oscar and be a comedy at the same time. Just because I wear a uniform, that doesn't make me a Girl Scout. Miss Kublik, one doesn't get to be a second administrative assistant around here unless he's a pretty good judge of character. And as far as I'm concerned, you're tops. I mean, decency-wise. Dumb and Dumber, greatly overlooked. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? The comedy seems so stupid. Well, of course it seems stupid because it appeals to everybody. Have you met everybody, everybody? You know what we're like. Comedy has always got to be about something important and this film's about friendship and the meaning of finding meaning. What else do you want? I know what they want. They want to know what's in you know what. What's in Maynard's bug out? Oh, this is the 50th, so I've got to go special. What's in Maynard's bug out? Bad. Damn it. There's two things. One. 
But the first thing is the Star Trek 1969 BBC puzzle book. Isn't that fantastic? It's got Kirk, Yahura and Spock on the front from when I was a very young boy. As you can see, my colouring in skills were pretty crap. This book was coloured in by you, man. That is correct. It is mine. I've owned this book since 1969. There's a page here, all the things beginning with K. There's a kite, there's a king, there's a key, there's a Kirk. Oh, Canada, our home. What are you doing? And a kangaroo. What a book. I think it would be worth over $2 now, wouldn't you say? Which year? 1969, and it's English, BBC. 1969, and like all good colouring in books and puzzle books, most of it hasn't been filled in because it's Christmas holidays. You know, you've got to get out and live. No, I would say it's way more than $2. I think you'd be talking over $100 for a book like this. It's perfect condition. And the second thing in the bug out bag is from the people who brought you pin the boobs on the babe you gotta have boobs here's pin the macho on the man if you lack macho this thing will show you how basically the photo of a naked man and you have to put the penis somewhere on him while blindfolded and drunk that's hilarious there are Ten places it could go that would just bring your party to life. There's one place where it wouldn't. Just describe that drawing there, Tim. There is a picture that looks much like a Clio centerfold. The man's special area, his special purpose, has a little target on it. That's what you're supposed to aim for, but I think his flexing muscles might be ending up with little penises hanging from them. Let's just have a look at the instructions here. The first instruction is have a few cocktails prior to the game just to get loose. So get drunk before the party? It's telling you to preload. That is an actual party where you turn up and the host is already drunk. Yeah. You then get given the unit, which is actually the penis, and there's different colour ones. Then they put on a blindfold and put the macho on the man. I have not seen the pin the boobs on the babe. I imagine it's a similar sexist concept. It sounds like that game pin the hair on the soup which we covered just earlier, it might help those awkward situations where when there is a hair in your soup, you can pull out the game and say, why don't we all play? Get the scissors. And closest to the bullseye wins, which is advice for life, really, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, that's good (laughs) advice, man. Pin the macho on the man and the Star Trek 1969 BBC puzzle book is what is in Maynard's bug out bag. Maynard's Money Shot Theatre. We are looking at a movie you should definitely not watch called Saving Humanity, a porn film with a cast of nine from 2015 with an evil doctor in it called Dr Weinstein. This is real. The lives of four women who live in different time periods ranging from prehistoric man to 2054 are connected by exposure to a mysterious monolith which transmits exceptional powers to them. These women must contend with John Weinstein, an evil scientist from 2054 who plans to not only to develop time travel, but to clone humans and curtail freedom. One of the freedom fighters has this speech talking about what has gone wrong with society. Tim? So he's the guy talking to an orgy gang. 
the future doesn't stand a chance without us. You have no idea how fucked up it gets in 2054 and beyond. Then he goes on to talk about conspiracies, to talk about someone called Karen, and then gets down, clearly the monolith gave us powers in ways we truly desired. It seems that the power from the monolith can be used for positive things or evil, as is the case with Weinstein. We have a chance to use our powers to help change the future course for humanity. Let's make porn. You cannot escape destiny. What do you think of that dialogue, Tim? It's fantastic. It's got story. It's got mise-en-scene. I love when you use that stuff. I've got a French stiffy now. And it just makes you want him to shut up so that we can get on with the pornography. This could be a White House press conference. Well, in fact, I think I've seen most of their speech in parts (laughs) from the White House of late. (laughs) And good on them. But it's the White House. Saving humanity from 2015 I don't recommend it at the end there's a song and that's part of the reason I chose this let's just have a little listen to the song from the end of the porn film from 2015 Saving Humanity and it looks like they've either filmed a rehearsal or no one has bothered to do the dance correctly. It's shot in front of a green screen, but that's because it's shot in front of a green screen. They hadn't actually put anything on the green screen. There's just a green screen behind them. It's very confusing. I think they might have been short for time. And budget. a strange song but strangely moving that's Maynard's money shot theatre a strangely moving song for people who wish to move strangely hello everybody hello Bond is a man who ruffle up here I'm sorry I can't be with you I have other things to do I know that you'll be celebrating 50 50 times now Tim has gone out there and saved the world. And have you thanked him? No. 50 times he set things right. Have you done anything about it yourself? No. But right now, Tim Ferguson is going to go to a place in time and try and make things better and probably fuck them up. It's Tim's historical hypothetical where we put Tim in a place and time and ask him, so what would you have done, smartass? There's only one date that I will not talk about, that I will not countenance, that I will not resolve, Maynard. The date, Thursday the 22nd of January 1931. Oh, come on! That's the one date. The place, the High Court of Australia. How high can it be? This is outrageous. I know where you're going with this. On Thursday the 22nd of January 1931, the High Court of Australia cut Australian wages across the board by 10%. The Commonwealth Arbitration Court has reduced all wages within its jurisdiction by 10% to take effect from the 1st of February. There's been an immediate outcry from trade union leaders and ALP politicians and criticism of the judges who were described as the minions of big business and money power. The reduction of wages at a time when the general standard of living is already pitifully low, remember we're hitting the depression here in 1931, is expected to cause much personal suffering. Employers represented to the court that a reduction of 10% in the wages would lead to greater employment. Their argument was if we slash wages by 10%, we will employ more people. What would you do if you were there and what do you think happened? The first thing is 10%, really? That was going to do it? 10%? 
And secondly, penalty rates. You remember when they cut the penalty rates? And it was because the government told us it will allow people to hire so many more people. Only a bad business person would hire more people just because they have more cash in their pockets. So I'm pretty well thinking if you're going to do it back then in 1931, you go for at least 99% of wages. And whenever they turn up, you give them a kick in the pants and say, could be worse. You think this is bad? Wait till the Liberals take away your penalty rates. If you're running, say, a cafe and you've got five people working for you on a Sunday morning and you get to remove their penalty rates, obviously your cafe is working okay because you're still in business. You're not just going to go and blow the money on hiring another employee. You're going to do what employers do, which is buy a sparber. This is 1931 version of trickle-down economics, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and they were just practising in those times. The struggling businesses in Australia, they struggle because sometimes you can't have two spa baths in the same bathroom. You just can't and you've got it aside. If you were Prime Minister, you would have gone, hey, 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 hey. I would have slammed my foot down... That's Tim's historical hypothetical, making it right by making it wrong. And it is rightly wrong. 50 episodes of Bunga Bunga. I can see a lot has changed since we started. Like what? To suggest, as some sometimes do, that little has changed. Well, the Second World War ended. I thought, when will this finish up? And it just did. Shortly after we were doing stuff on Triple J Radio, I remember the bells ringing. It was like, what that's about? Well, the Boer War has ended. Molly Meldrum was in the Boer War. He brought about the end of the Boer War. He had the big cannon. Yeah, he had the very big cannon. Good on you, Molly. Hi, this is Ian Molly Meldrum, and you're listening to Maynard F.J. Krabs. And I tell you what, I may prefer to work with the Dickie Knee than have to work with the Krabs. When they said they were charging into that valley, that was Molly. It was a metaphor, but it was also an effective attack strategy. Tim, you've stood on your milk crate a number of times and loudly shaken your fist at the sky, yelling at clouds in Tim Ferguson's right of reply. We call you for this 50th... Don't expect too much. Scott Morrison, otherwise known as ScoMo, which does sound like a skin condition. He's doing what they think is a great job because he's so normal, he's so natural, and he's a happy clapper. It is a dangerous thing having a happy clapper religious freak in the lodge because normally you'd have people from ordinary religions that don't involve all that clapping. Speaking on behalf of people who cannot clap, who have disabilities, I just want to say, keep Hiltwang out of the lodge. These aren't the same people who clapped for village people, are they? Because there's a lot of clapping in a couple of those songs. Are they the same people? Yes, they are the same people. Oh, right. <laughs> totally the same great people. Clapping. They want you, they want you, they want you as a new recruit. Oh, me? One thing that the Hiltwang Church has had as a problem is people come in and after three years, they're sick of the weekly motivational speaking. All that clapping. They get tired and it's once again someone telling you, you can be whatever you want, where you really can't particularly if you're sitting next to ScoMo. I would say let's put some real religion in there, either the Catholic Church or get the Hare Krishnas sitting outside banging their drums. Something we can all believe in. Hare Krishna doing a drum solo. And they will do that. They will do the drum solos. Funny thing about Hare Krishnas, 
No, there isn't. Tim Ferguson's writer replied... Don't expect too much. Tim, it's been great doing 50 shows with you. There's been love. There's been passion. There's been stains that we can't explain. I still don't know what that one is. So many colours and so big. We'd like to thank Kitler. <coughs> yeah, you little fascist. And we'd like to thank the kid who always has something to say about what we do. He's worked hard. <coughs> yeah, right. Thank you for listening to 50 shows. 50 shows of Bunga. Hello, darling. And we'd like to thank our Patreons, the people who give us a little bit of money every month. That's patreon.com slash Maynard. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners worldwide. Now we've got a big fan base in Asia, through Europe, through the UK, through the States, and even Canada. Oh, Canada. It's great to have all you people listening. Welcome. If I had my time again. It's Bunga from me. I would do it all the same. And it's Bunga from him. Fully grown And I know where it's at Somehow I stay thin While the other guys got fat All the chances that I've blown And the times that I've been down I didn't get too high Kept my feet on the ground I could sing like that. It's not everything singing, you know. The only important thing these days is rhythm and melody. Rhythm and melody.
situation now win Rush for a change of atmosphere I can't go on so I give in Gotta get myself right out of here Situation now Fifty, if anything's a lot, Tim. Fifty is a real lot, and I've done some things fifty times, and then you just have to take a break. But we don't; we just keep going. So here come the next fifty. If at first you don't succeed, bunga bunga on maynard.com.au. Au, Bryson and Hugh, everything digital.